Robertson along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen as we continue our tribute to Mary Tyler Moore. Joining us now is our friend Jennifer Armstrong. Jennifer has written several books on pop culture, including Seinfeldia, her latest book. Jennifer is also the author of Mary and Lou and Rhoda and Ted and all the brilliant minds who put together the Mary Tyler more show. Jennifer has been all over the place over the last few weeks. You probably saw her on the CBS tribute. Uh, she was also on the 2020 tribute, uh, as well as Morning Joe. She also wrote a piece on the Washington uh, for the Washington Post uh, that is time sensitive. We'll get to that. All of that just saying, but first, Jennifer, it's sad to call you to be part of this, but it's always good to talk to you nonetheless. Same to you. Before we get into Mary Tyler Moore, I have to ask, because we mentioned Morning Joe. Now, yes. is, it, is it just me or Joe Scarborough, Matthew Perry, separated at birth? Oh, my gosh, you're totally right. And, <laughs> and it's only emphasized by the fact that he always wears, like, his Morning Joe sweatshirt. Yeah. So, yeah, you're totally right. Okay, well, okay, okay yeah, I'm... I'm... <laughs> That probably says more about me than anything else. But uh, <laughs> besides the fact that it was one of the first shows in the modern last four decades about a an, an independent woman who was, as 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 the song goes, making it on her own. But this is I mean, it, this is a show that has uh, its influence on television went beyond its seven years on CBS. Absolutely, and that's what it's most known for. Like you said, it's most known for kind of inventing the single girl show, essentially, right? You know, this this is this really starts our modern conception of the single woman on television. And it's something that is still a very successful formula today. Everything from like a thirty rock to the Mindy project, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this this is repeated over and over and, and continues to be successful. But, you know, it had other influences as well. It was very it it combined kind of laughs with feelings in a way that we hadn't really seen on television before and on sitcoms before. You know, you you would often tune in and find yourself laughing for a lot of the show and crying for a little bit of the show, too. Um, it was very much based in reality. That's another thing that a lot of shows afterwards, you know, it really influenced them. You know, it went from kind of that slapsticky humor of I Love Lucy to the more realistic humor that we see now all over television. So there were a lot of other ways that it influenced TV besides the obvious. Yeah, as, as you say, it was really the first office comedy that, that we know of, and uh, because that's that is where we saw Mary half the time in the context of the newsroom and her professional family that provided a lot of fodder, and who we all got to know as characters one way or another. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was... It was definitely the invention of the office family, I think. Obviously, you see that all the time now. It's another very common type of television show. And as the show went on, it went more and more in that direction. started out kind of balancing that with her home life, as it were, which would be, you know, her hanging out with Rhoda at home or Phyllis at home or going on dates. But they got less and less interested in her dating life as the show went on, and it really became more and more about that work family that she had. 
I like the fact that the Mary Tyler Moore show celebrated friendships, especially the friendships with the women in her life. But also, yeah, she could be friends with men. I, and I always love the fact that Mary, her career was important, but yes, she dated, but there wasn't a steady man in her life the whole time. And I think that resonated with a lot of women, especially back then. Yeah, and I mean, I love that they ended the show with her not having found anyone. And it wasn't, the ending wasn't about like, gosh, darn it, she still hasn't found someone. You know, it was, it was about, again, really centering her relationship with her friends who also at that point happened to be mostly her coworkers and the fact that they were going to have to split up because her uh, TV station that she worked at had been sold. That was where the emphasis was in the finale. And, and the finale is important because it tells you what you, what was important about the show. And it turned out to not be about the guys she dated at all. And I think also you're talking about realistic stuff. I mean, how many people can identify with how the Mary Tyler Moore show ended Somebody coming in, buying the company you work for, and firing every competent person there, and the one incompetent is the one that stays. <laughs> I mean, you look. I look at that, and and I remember when that episode first aired. I thought, okay, that's just funny uh, as yeah. a kid, and then as an adult who has worked for many employers in many companies, it's like, no, that's I see that a lot. <laughs> It, it, yep, it, it was a really it. good joke, but it was also you're right. It was it was really realistic and poignant. So to me, it was one of the you know we all know it's one of the great finales, but specifically because it was so true to vision of the show, it really went back to the original ideas behind the show and emphasized them. We cried at the end, but we had laughed a lot throughout that episode. There was a great joke in Ted staying on, um, but it was also very realistic. Something that I remember about that finale, I was very young growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you know, I had I had no connection to Hollywood, but I watched Mary Tyler Moore religiously from the beginning. I did not know the show was ending. Mm. And when I realized she wasn't coming back the next season, it affected me emotionally. I was going to miss these people. And I, I remember Sunday afternoon, I was still very sad about Mary and her friends. I was looking at them as real people. Yeah, this was a show done in Hollywood, but they no longer be a part of my life. And I think that's the first time a, a television show, a fictional television show, affected me that way. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Also- I love that. That's that's really it's uh, that's such an interesting because I think we're really used to that now. But you're right. At that time, we didn't necessarily always know. Like now, we always know. Oh, this show is going to end. We know sort of the insider knowledge, but. At that time, it was possible to to just sort of watch a show and not know the behind the scenes stuff. It's also at that time, it was one of the few shows that had a finale. Yeah, I mean, it was I, the Fugitive and and the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and I'm trying to think of anything in between that actually had a farewell episode. Nichols, Nichols, okay. <laughs> so, and and he killed himself in that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess they didn't want to do any movie of the week well, afterwards. He, well, he, yeah. He, he killed himself, and then he, and then in the next scene, he reemerged as his twin brother. Oh, yeah. That was there. You that, go. That there you good. go. <laughs> I'm just thinking aloud here, Jennifer. I mean, because you were you were talking about how not only was it uh, one of the few shows to have a final episode, but it was a final episode that stayed true to the roots of the show, what the, what the show was all about. If that final episode were made today, do you think they would still 
make it in a way that would be true? Or, or, or do you think because with social media and, and websites like, you know, television without pity and all that stuff with, you know, where, where there's a lot more dialogue and interaction in between weeks. And, and I do know that showrunners do take that into consideration. Do you think they would have been true to the show or do you think they would have compromised and found her somebody? I think they would have stayed true to the show. I mean, who knows? But I think that, and I also think that actually people would love this finale if somehow we could transplant it to now. Like, I think it really holds up, and I think people would feel really satisfied by it. But it had a little bit of sadness to it, which I'm also very true to the show. You know, the realism, and there's sort of just this little touch of pathos because they're breaking up. But I think people would actually, it's, it's, you know, I know that everybody's a really tough audience these days and they make their feelings well known on on the internet, but I, I actually think this would hold up well. Um, and sometimes I think they end up, you know, showrunners end up going too far in the other direction. If they listen too much to their fans online, they end up making these kind of cheesy fan pandering finales where you get that, you know, oh, and then they all, then they got married and had babies or whatever, you know, whatever that kind of just yeah, unmemorable yeah. I, I, the, there, there are about three or four shows that are that immediately come to mind. We'll save that for another conversation. Otherwise, we'll get off. Point. But, <laughs> uh, know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-917-2194, 800-917-2194, 800-917-2194, that's 800-917-2194. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.